0: What's up, everybody, and welcome into the Under the Hood podcast. I'm John the Hood. That is my crazy cousin, Cousin Wiley, as we give you the Under the Hood podcast, a fresh one for 2024. Cuzzo, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Cuzzo. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, man. Because we have not spoken since the New Year, it's okay to say that on January 8th, right? It's okay. Right, right. New Year.
1: Absolutely. Usually, you get about a, a week grace period, and after that, it's
0: done. No more Happy New Year's. Okay, is, is Rock good? Uh, Rocky the dog, our mascot for Under the Hood, uh, is Rocky there? Is he have? Has he had a good New Year? He
1: has had a, a, a great New Year. Uh, Santa Claus brought him, you know, gifts, so he's he was excited about the gifts that Santa Claus brought him as well. So yeah, he's, he's had a great New Year.
0: How does a dog show appreciation during the holidays?
1: Uh, I the mean, same ways. Same way they show appreciation the other days throughout the year. You're you're their servant. <laughs> uh-huh. you know, they show. I guess he shows it by not destroying something. But yeah, he's uh, he, he's been
0: uh, very active. Okay, so very thank you, for, thank you, Dad, for the good doggy treats. I'm gonna shit in your lawn again. Is that is that the appreciation? Is that it? Well, well,
1: that His it, my lawn is his. Uh, well, not my lawn. My backyard. Is his uh, is his shitting ground? So you know, uh, yeah, he he like he loves to shit back there, you know. So naturally, someone can pick it up because he can't pick it up. So go back here, take a shit, scoop it up, you know.
0: Yeah, so, <laughs> great time, great time. The reason why that we have our podcast and the reason why uh, my cousin and I are together every week here on Under the Hood is because this saves from text messages. These are usually these are conversations we have via text or through family gatherings. So instead of doing that all the time, we just decided to put it all in a podcast. And that's why it's Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Make sure you like, share and subscribe this podcast as well. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening through the Under the Hood uh, via podcast. And we've got merchandise as well. Uh, we have got tumblers, we've got mugs, we've got uh, pint glasses, and we've got T-shirts as well. Uh, this is the favorite
1: right here, the Under the Hood T-shirt right here.
0: Yes, uh, and it's always there, by the way. usually smells like the woman of the evening that comes in to Cousin uh, Wiley's home uh, on a weekend basis. Looks a little lonely, though, for the weekends. It doesn't look like anyone's been sleeping in that T-shirt as usual. <laughs> well,
1: we've had a... We've had company for the for the past month, so. My, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you can't show your cards in front of family. You know, my my cousins, right. my cousins, your your kids, you can't show that in front of everybody. So once the kids are you know out of the house, I'm sure you'll sneak someone through the back door. <laughs> Which is right, right, family. right. Which is right.
1: So it's uh, you know, have to be a a choir boy. While they
0: while they're present, uh huh, you know? yeah, because it's got the same creases in there. It doesn't have any glitter or any uh, baby oil uh on there. Yeah. So yeah. it, it looks the same over the holidays. It looks like it's been tased. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. We also we also have the uh, the tumblers as well, right? We got tumblers. Yes, we do. Yes, we do.
1: So tumblers, 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 tumblers. So we have, which is was my favorite, the Under the Hood Tumblr. Uh-huh. Uh, mine came with wads of cash. Yes. Yours may or may not, but get yourself an Under the Hood tumbler. It's great for this time of year as well. Like We're going to have a little snow over the next week or so, and then it's just one a month, so you're going to have snow anyway. So snow days suck. So yeah. when the snow days suck, we wake up in the morning, add your, add your hot tea, add your coffee, and then add a little whiskey, you know, a little bourbon, a little vodka, something to spice up your uh, your morning drink, your favorite morning drink. <laughs> so, and
0: yes, and what else do you have there?
1: We uh, have the Under the Hood water bottle. Mm-hmm. So, just like with the tumbler, you know, when you want to work out, put a little water in here, a little juice in here. And if you just don't feel like working out, you can put a little, little vodka, a little orange juice yourself a screwdriver get yourself an under the hood water bottle you'll enjoy it whether it's fitness or health or just you know recreation mm-hmm. great thing to carry around so and we,
0: yeah what it's else? always cold always cold yes i'm surprised another one of my cousins didn't steal that uh, over the holidays it's still there in your home as you i'm surprised someone didn't take it so what i what i do is because it's mine
1: um and if I hide it and set it aside. So then I bring it out, so I don't have those problems. But okay. yeah, okay. I'm Absolutely, yes. And somebody has fingers to take it back with them
0: uh, to a certain oh. certain locations. So okay,
1: oh, of course, of course. Yeah, you, you know our you know our family.
0: Yes, I do. I, I do know yes. our family very well. <laughs> the other thing everybody is that we've got hoodies as well because it's the winter and we're starting to get some real good snows here in the Chicagoland area, not all through the Midwest. And of course the big Northeaster that's happening uh, in the Northeast. Get yourself a hoodie, get yourself an under the hood hoodie. There it is right there. Yes. one. I've got mine as well. Carolina blue. Yes. yes. Oh, nothing like the Carolina blue. Uh, Absolutely. This, this one here covers me and a 55 Chevy. It's amazing. Uh, they, <laughs> Both do the same job. So get yourself <laughs> Actually, a better joke would have been my my uh dad's old uh 84 Chevy Caprice classic, because that's all he drove. So wait. So at it it around your home, Harold always had uh, a Cadillac, right? Was he a Cadillac man? Cadillac and station wagon. Cadillac and station wagon. Okay. I remember the station wagon as a kid. I do remember. Yes. Um, the
1: Cadillac had, the Cadillac was like a 74 mm-hmm. and it had like maybe like 5,000 miles on it. Never drove it, cleaned it every day, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah. Cleaned it every day. Yes. But never drove it. It was like, oh, it still had the new car smell, everything, but, you know, 5,000 miles, never drove it. And so it was just, it was just there as, you know, a conversation piece. That's yeah. it.
0: My dad had the, if you, and you're too young to remember this because I'm, I'm a tad older than you, but he had Chevy Caprice classics all the time. Like whatever the next one is he'd buy. Yeah. And, and it was, it was nice. strange because it's like, okay, you're just going to get this big boxy car every time. Right. Like nothing smaller. It was always, you know, long, sleek, big trunks. You could put five bodies in the back. You always, right. and you can always have a good trust on oh, a Caprice classic. It's like, Oh, dad's got a new car. Oh, it's the same model. It's a Caprice classic, but different year, you know, like yeah. Burgundy, light blue, black, whatever it was. And so, you know, I we grew up in a Chevy family because it wasn't gonna be was, a Ford. it was always gonna be a Chevy. It's great taste though,
1: because it's a classic. I mean, those those things are still selling today. So that's that's uh that's something that has had a a lasting impact on. On the culture at the very least. right? because I, those
0: I, things still sell. Yeah, because cuz, so I've I have not uh been with you at one of these, but I love classic cars. Yeah. I love I love muscle car shows. I love them because when I grow up, I'm gonna buy one. One, one day I'm, I'm, <laughs> gonna, I'm gonna buy me one of those because I man, if I can get myself a sixty-seven Chevelle, if I can get one of those with the with the stripes up the middle and the and the white wall tires, uh I could retire. I get one of those. I love those things. I know a lot of them was always in Tinley Park, right? Tinley Park. Yeah. You know, places like that.
1: Yeah. And I'll ride around I'll ride around with you when you when you get it.
0: <laughs> You'll be the first <laughs> one. You are, you're yeah. My gun already. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I I love classic cars. One day and you know as we get ready to talk about the bears here, um you know I'll still never forget my mom. Your your aunt May for um selling first of all bringing a 55 ford from colorado springs and putting it into the garage and of course when you go you just go off and do your own thing you kind of lose touch of what's happening around the house right when you know what i'm talking about like you live at the house and all of a sudden you're out all late nights and yeah Thing and you just kind of just come back home just to shower to go back out again and you kind of just lose track of, like exactly what's going on here like wait did someone put in a new bathroom hold on a second right. what's this out front like you just uh, you don't realize it because you're drunk and, and you're carousing and you are, are, are you know finding uh, all type of women all over the place right so you lose track of time and it's just kind of like all of a sudden I open the garage and the car's not there I'm like what happened to the Ford oh I sold it you did what? Right. You sold the classic car? 55 man. It was it was 55 Ford, black, big white wall tires. It was hard to power steer because there was no power steering. It was crazy. Because right. I would I would drive it on Sundays just up and down Stony just to keep it going, right? But for those turns, boy, you took that wheel, and it was just like it's trying to turn the bus, man. Try to turn that wheel. And it just it was okay. and like I'm getting people honking behind me. I'm like. If You can just give me a chance to just turn this car because again, no power steering back then. You open up the hood and there's just like nothing. It's like it's like this. It's just like the motor. Like nothing, you yeah. have all the space and there's nothing around it except like the motor just sitting right there. Yep. So I, I love those old cars, man. Yeah, yeah. It took a difficult time to steer and kind of kind of make sure that you keep that thing on the, you know between the lines. But yeah, I love the that feel of those old cars because if somebody hit me, cause oh. Uh they'd be dead. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because is that because it's nothing because of me? It's because it's like hitting the tank. The way those built. Yeah, no give. Yeah. No give it all. So they'd be the one hurt, not me. So I miss that. I'm you know, so one day, one day, Cuzo, we'll put our money we'll, together. We'll yeah, we'll, we'll put okay. our money together. Uh okay. I'll, I'll, I'll find somewhere twenty thousand dollars and you find a hundred. And we'll put it together. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this stuff—the <laughs> classic <laughs> car. We will find a way. Well, so Cuzo and I have been talking a lot about the Chicago Bears here on the podcast, and the Bears finished their season at seven and ten. I'm going to give you a headline, and then I'm going to just let you go because if you listen to me on Cap and Jay Hood. Weekday morning, 7 to 10 on uh, on ESPN 1000 and on the ESPN Chicago app. You've heard me a lot talk about these different scenarios with the Bears. But I'll just start this way, a different way. And that is a piece that was written in TheAthletic.com. Kevin Fishbane, good homie, good terrific writer um, that covers the Bears for a long time. He says, the headline is, Bears players express belief in the foundation, the arrows pointing up. Now that's the same feeling that Lance Briggs, former bear has had all season saying that no matter what this was going to be because though that this is going to be about foundation and you bring everybody back because of continuity. That means head coach. That means offensive coordinator. That means Justin Fields. And then you just add and subtract on the roster via the uh, draft and uh, free agency. So When you hear Bears players express belief in the foundation, the arrow's pointing up, do you believe that if everyone comes back?
1: So do I believe the arrow is pointing up with the talent on on the roster? Yes. I do not believe bringing everyone back is the way to go. So I've come to to terms with the likelihood that Ibra is going to come back. So I understand. I've, I've, I've heard uh, Kevin Warren talk about the uh, the atmosphere, you know, the culture in in the building. I I listened to uh, Ryan Poles essentially blow Ibrafulous in uh in hope yesterday when he was doing his pregame interview. Yeah. So I'm fairly certain that Ibrafulous is probably going to come back. Unfortunately. I don't think you take the next step you want to take with with Getzy or Fields in this in the building. And here's why. And this is something that's unpopular in a barbershop. I'm growing mm-hmm. my hair out now because I may not be able to go to the barbershop because of my uh my field's thoughts. But get- but one of the things that I've seen over the so over the past seven games, we we talked about this. We said these last seven games is going to be is our proving games for Fields. You know, like play well. This is your audition. You know, you play well. You are probably going to be starting quarterback for you know the foreseeable future. And if you don't, you're probably going to be on on your way out. And and feels like fashion. He kind of muddied the water. So in the last seven games, the Bears went four and three. Four and three in the last seven games, Phil, over those seven games, Phils had 1300 yards, five touchdowns, three interceptions, six fumbles with an 82 what roughly an 83 quarterback rate. Mm-hmm. So that's we would all call that mediocre, not bad, not good, but just mediocre. right. I was listening to your show this morning. And listening to your show this morning made me do a deep dive. So you threw out a stat this morning that just blew my fucking mind. Um, you were like, in the last, in the Bears' last three home game road games, the offense had scored one touchdown. And that yep. one touch that one touchdown came on a one-yard scoring drive. So that was when against the Cleveland Browns, when the Bears set them up defense set the Bears up at the one-yard line and it took the Bears still like seven plays, almost like seven plays to score. Yeah. So
0: that's the, that's in the those, Vikings, Browns, and Packers. Those are the final three road games the Bears played.
1: Final three road games. The Bears were one or two in those games, Hood, despite the defense forcing eight turnovers and having just as many touchdowns as the offense had. Scoring mm-hmm. touchdowns as the offense had. You can't tell me that my defense – force's eight turnovers in three games and doesn't give up it doesn't give up 20 points over 20 over 20 points in any of those games. Didn't give up over 20 points in any of those games, but we still lose those games. Like we still lose two of those three games. Like how is that possible? And it's offense. So over the past seven the final seven games the Bears won four of those games. The defense forced 19 turnovers in those seven games. 19 turnovers in seven games, and it only gave up more than 20 points once, and we still lost three of those games. That shouldn't be possible, but it's possible because of Getzey and because of Fields. So we saw, for except yesterday, we didn't see that because they were terrible. But for the other six games, we saw (laughs) improved offensive line play. He had time to pass the ball. They were running the ball well. So. that wasn't an issue like it was last year because there was time to throw, except yesterday, and it was primarily because of injuries. Wasn't it five touchdowns, three interceptions, six fumbles? That isn't enough production when your defense forced 19 turnovers. It just isn't. And then even when you go beyond those seven games, Phil said 16 passing touchdowns per season. Half of those touchdowns came in two games. Half of it's half of his 16 touchdowns came in two games. What did you do the rest of the season?
0: Well, right. Well, I mean, some of that is is that he was hurt. Now that was Tyson Bage's time. And that so that's part of that. But the my point is is that I find it fascinating. And again, you know, I can't just go after every Bears fan on social media or listen to our show that tries to turn a blind eye to what reality is. Reality is, Cuzzo, is that the team is a non-playoff team. The reality is that the Bears went through a long losing streak going into this season. People like pretend like those losses against the Packers, the Buccaneers, the Chiefs, the Broncos uh, did not happen into their first win against Washington. Like, that didn't happen. The same slump that they were in last year carried over to this year, and that was because the defense was the shit early, and offensively speaking, they struggled. You, so a Jordan Love who um, – you didn't know who Jordan Love was in, in their first game, but you found out, obviously, throughout the season that he's a damn good quarterback. That is for sure. You have a stopgap in Baker Mayfield doing progressive commercials that beat your ass in Tampa. You weren't going to win the Chiefs game. The Broncos game was going to be tough to win. You had a lead in that game, 28-7, and you yes. lost 128 because the defense wasn't there and the offense just – the offense turned the water off in the in the second half, in the fourth quarter. So my whole thing is is that the inconsistency is the reason why that you make a change. The, the idea that you look at this team and say, yeah, you know what? Justin showed enough to, for, for him to be able to be, come back here next year. I don't see it because I don't, I don't see it. And if you are going to do that, and if you're going to supply him with an offensive line and a wide receiver, how do I know that Justin Fields can still be able to read a defense and get the ball down the field? To me, when I the, the the thing that is the banana in the tailpipe that people like to bullshit people on with the Bears is is that if you just have a little sprinkle at the wide receiver spot, a little sprinkle at the offensive line, then the system will work. Well, the system is still the system. The system has been the same for most quarterbacks that have come in here. Run the football first because we're we're a Big Ten team, that NFC North team, we're a Big Ten team. We mean, ultimately, like we're Penn State over the years, right? Just keep running the football. Fine. But at some point, you have got to be able to throw the ball down the field. You've got to be able to connect. I say this all the time. If you just watch Bears football, you think that that's what football is, what yeah. you see defensively, But it's not. How many games have we seen, of What, what Terrence and and Mace and all these other and all the people that we know, this in our circle that watch these games and say, "Boy, look how fast the ball comes out!" Like for Miami, Buffalo, San Francisco. You know all the upper echelon teams in the NFL, and for the Bears, it looks like I'm watching games on Saturdays, which yes. with uh, like the lower level Big Ten team, I It's like I'm watching Iowa. Seriously. And and even Dale's uh, Dale's Pittsburgh Steelers
1: put in Mason Rudolph, and he managed figured out how to score points. All yeah. of a sudden, their offense stopped sucking. So. A lot of times you see a stagnant offense and you say, oh, it's the coordinator. Oh, it's this guy. It's that guy. In most cases, it' just a combination of coordinator and quarterback. Somehow they there's a disconnect or one of them sucks more than the other. But I think for me, I think if you're great, you're great in any system. So I think Patrick Mahomes, that's quarterback in, in the NFL right now, the heir apparent to Tom Brady when it comes to being the GOAT. You drop him on any roster in the NFL, he's going to improve that roster. Is he going to Super Bowls next year? Probably not. Mm -hmm. But if you give him time, you know, a talent like that is still going to be great everywhere. So when I see when I see a guy like Fields, I see someone who has a bag of elite tools. But the way they're used, what he uses them. it's, It's incoherent. You can't. You can't win with it. So yep. yeah, you see the you see the elite tools, but when you put them together, it's not a winning formula. So when I when I see that and I see an opportunity now to either go ahead and get a use your first round, use your first pick on a quarterback, or possibly trade down, get uh Marvin Harrison Jr. and then use your second pick on a quarterback, I still see an opportunity to replace someone who has to this point been, at best, mediocre. At best, mediocre. Because even if you look at the weapons we have on the team right now, remove play from the equation. Darnell Moody was not a bum. Darnell Moody can play football. For whatever reason this year, Justin Fields forgot he can play football. Cole Komet isn't a bum. Uh, DJ Moore is is the number one receiver in, in the NFL. And with those pieces around him, 2,500 yards passing, 2,500 yards passing, you want more from your quarterback. But even if you look focused on the 2,500 yards passing, of those 2,500 yards passing, roughly 2,100 of those yards went to Cole Komet and uh, DJ Moore. So everyone else, 400 yards? In, In 13 games, you threw 400 yards worth of passes to every other receiver on the team and running back on the team.
2: That's yes.
1: why DJ Moore – that's why DJ Moore faked – not DJ Moore, Darnell Moody faked a concussion the last two weeks. <laughs> he wasn't, wasn't going to risk his health. What? He was like, good. You, you heard the story, Lud. So he comes in. Last week, Ibn uh, Luz comes out to the podium on, I think, Monday and he's, yeah. or Tuesday. He said, uh, yeah, Darnell Moody, Darnell Moody came in. Yesterday he was complaining about you know a headache, he had concussion-like symptoms. So um it happens like that sometimes. We're gonna monitor him. Money miss Mooney missed the last two games. Mooney knows it was he's going to get paid by somebody this offseason. He didn't want to risk injury by you know being a decoy on offense. So mm-hmm. he was injured. Like, oh yeah, I'm hurt. And it was to me, it was understandable because if the only players you see on the team when you're throwing a ball. Is DJ Moore and Cole Komet. Why am I playing it?
0: Well, he should play because he has a contract coming up. I mean, if if and and if by the way, if that leaks or if that is the case, you don't want an NFL team to say, "Oh, you're not really ready to play 17 games." Just saying, like, uh, like, look, he's had the worst luck. Darnell Mooney, either he's being overshot on passes, or he or he makes a mistake. You know, like he had one touchdown. That's not what you want in the contract here. He will not no. get the money that he thought he was going to get. He thought he would be the solidified number two receiver on this football team next to Dar- D.J. Moore, and it didn't work. Darnell, yeah, you missed those two games. He had one touchdown. So just to be clear, as far as the receivers are concerned, 1,300 yards. And, again, give me that total again because uh, D.J. So, Moore 1,300 yards. 1, 1,364
1: yards for D.J. Moore, 719 yards for Cole Komet. So 2,083 yards for them together, and everyone else shared 479 yards. Not only yeah. 479 yards, 479 yards and two touchdowns. So yeah. they had, D.J. Moore and commit had 14 of the 16 touchdowns. So everyone else, two touchdowns, less than 500 yards, over 13-game period. So everyone is starving. Every other player except D.J. Moore and commit they're starving. They're starving. There's no um, other way around.
0: I, I but you know, here in the offseason, because what has to happen is is that you know, no, whoever the quarterback is, and I I love by the way Justin Fields, and we didn't get to this, you would think after three hours we get to this. Um, Justin Fields pretty much pieced out. Do you notice this, yeah. right? And I it just says oh, just, yeah. like, just want you to yeah. know, like if this is it, the end, you know, you shit on the media, which is really uh, funny to me because uh the media I mean, the media, it's what's fair. It it, it was fair. The the way that Justin Fields was covered. It was fair. Like when the team struggled, they blamed everybody, including Justin Fields. I mean, if he wants to be in a tough market, be a giant or a jet. You think that's, you think Chicago stuff, be a giant or a jet and see what that's like. When you've got New Jersey and New York media all surrounding your locker, like 15, 20 people with the pen and mic club, just be like, how come you suck today? Tell me right. how come you suck today. Like, you want that? I mean, it's, it's covered fairly. But I just I just thought that that was weird. A little shot at the media saying it makes his life tough. It'll make his life tough. You know what makes it tough? A bad offensive line in front of him and him holding the ball too long sometimes. That's what makes life yeah. tough for him. <laughs> and also having him having to clarify his comments. He had one controversy. Think about that. Three years, like one controversy, like where he was just like, I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's coaching. Maybe it's me. And just the idea that he even brought up Luke Getzey, was just like it started a firestorm. Then he brings a, the media back in the locker rooms, like I ain't blaming nobody. Don't make a big deal out of what I'm saying. Like, well, you said it, son. You don't want to it. I mean, I mean, and yeah. And by the way, a lot of people supported him. Like he's he was right. But yeah, he had a right to be able to complain, and here's someone else to complain. DJ Moore, hear that 21 yes. second bite that we played this morning? Just like he pretty much was like, yeah, we got to take more shots down the field. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what he meant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the number one receiver on this team. He wants to have more shots. he says instead of more shots down the field versus playing behind the sticks. Yeah. Right. He's right.
1: And I think that disconnect was trust between uh coordinating quarterback. Because if if I don't trust my quarterback to make the right play, how do you take those shots? Because we've seen we've seen the the steals from the all 22 videos of Players, sometimes multiple players, clearly open, and Fields being indecisive, and we also know that we've seen the plays where you scratch your head and it's like, how the fuck did you call this play? Yep. You get to, so like, what were you thinking? Like, in what world would that play even possibly work? So when you put them two together, and they're both in a lot of ways were raw. You know Skills played one season in in college, and this was essentially Luke Getty's first time calling plays. So you got two, you got a, a raw play caller and a raw quarterback. That's a recipe for disaster. So I was listening to your guy Waddle today um, yeah. and it sounds like there's a a chance. Um, I'm not sure how, how big it is, but the way he spoke on it, it sounds like it's not necessarily small that Harbaugh could come to a to Chicago, because the way it was framed, uh, your guy Sylvie was like, "What did he say?" He had the Waddle asked me, he said, "What did I, what did I tell you last time?" The chances of Harbaugh coming to Chicago was, and Sylvie was like, 60 percent." He was like, "Hmm." And then Sylvie was like, "Was that high?" He was like, "I don't know." So that turned into, you know, like, "What are you, what are you not sharing?" He was like. I'm not not sharing anything, but the way it was done, if you're listening, you're like, okay, he made it sound like they're, they're friends. He made it sound like they had a conversation or something, and it's possible Harbaugh told him about his interest in,
0: oh, Michigan out quit, 7-0. <laughs> yeah. So, so no matter what happens in the national championship game with Michigan and, and Washington, Harbaugh is leaving Michigan. Because the long arm of the law is on the way. He's leaving as quick as you can say Pete Carroll. Because as soon as this happens, the yeah. he doesn't be part of a, a banner being snatched. Okay. I'm just telling you, like, it's serious. So, like, and, and if it's not a banner being snatched, then it's going to be sanctions against Michigan. He doesn't want really to be part of that. That's why you'll never see Pete Carroll in college again. But even if they snatched the banner away, we all saw the result. You can't take that away. No, no. I'm just telling you that he doesn't want to be part of that. And also, another reason why Harbaugh is leaving is because he's got a glut of seniors on that roster. So like, that'll be that'll be all for that. So I guess to to kind of
1: end the, uh, the the Bears discussion when it comes to coaching hood. Like I, I I know there's a great chance Eberflus is going to be back. Yeah, but maybe. Look at the quarterbacks we beat, hood. Huh? We beat quarterbacks that you know who are barely better than you and I. Like, how how are we giving him as much credit for that? And then when we saw, you know, not a terrible performance yesterday because they were missing uh Jalen Johnson, but it was it didn't look anything like we saw the games before then. And if you look at his record,
0: what's the signature win? Alliance team? The Lions the, the Lions was a- Sure, I, okay, because the Lions are the best of the division. That was a signature win for the Bears. But but golf golf has been mediocre his entire career. A lot of talent around him. A lot Bears, of talent around him. can't do that. You can't do that, Cuzzo. Like, give the Bears credit. I mean, th- th- first of all, as you well know, I'm a college football fan, more so in the NFL. I know that hurts some people. Starts like, how can that be? Well, the reason why that's the way is because I love the pageantry of college football. I love my Saturdays. So this has been some slop this year, right? Because this is the the uh the year of the backup quarterback. The, the yeah. Browns are about to get to the playoffs on their fourth quarterback. It's been a lot of injuries and, and so it has not been a great year post-Tom Brady. It's kind of like how, how the league was post um post Kobe or post Michael Jordan. Like, yeah. hey, so who's gonna carry the mantle? And it was kind of murky at first for a little bit until LeBron emerged. Same thing year post-Tom Brady. I mean, as much as Patrick Mahomes is the dude, but then there's this fall off after after Patrick Mahomes, right? So when I look at this the the quarterback situation, or when I look at you know the Bears, the Bears are just like when Arizona went in and beat Philadelphia, or the Bears beating Detroit. And I can't say I was overly surprised, but I give them credit. I mean, the Bears lost games that they were supposed to win against yeah, like you, like Denver. But did For example, didn't they also.
1: Had- they have, they have Joe Flacken roll off the couch with with a pack of camels in his back, yeah. you know, and and he and he and he beats them, I you
0: don't... know.
1: So it's when you when you see that, and, and I say how, whatever the culture may be, the culture was great on the John Fox as well. The culture was great under Dick Geron as well. The culture was great on the Lovey. The only culture where the, the culture sucked, that truly sucked, that was was Mark Trussell. Yeah. Outside of that. Culture has never really been an issue at Hallis Hall. So when we celebrate culture, we're not celebrating something that is a good culture, isn't foreign to the Chicago Bears. It's pretty common because they've had, they've had choir boy coaches for the most part since Dick and left. So they've had a bunch of choir boy coaches. Maybe, maybe Winston was, you know, still was a little bit from the old guard, but you can't tell me Dick Jerron wasn't a choir boy. Coach, you allow Dix Ron to date your daughter. You would allow Lovey Smith to date your daughter. Maybe not Matt Nagy. Um, but you would you would allow <laughs> you would, you would allow a um a uh a Matt Eberflus to date your daughter. So these are not guys that you're like, that's a that's an awful guy, you know, stay away from these are good people. So to, to say you had a good atmosphere while you had the foxes, the Eberfluses, the Gerons, the Lovey Smiths in your locker room. You should, you know, that isn't surprising.
0: Well, look, look, so we got to be able to nail this down here. So what are your expectations here in the off season? Because here in the off season, it, we, we've we gone through black Monday. There's not, I didn't expect any news to take place. There was not going to be any, not at Lake Forest. Uh, Cause that's right. not bears business. It wasn't so bad and so urgent. The bears have to make a firing. However, I would say that based on everything I'm hearing, Matt Eberflus is going to be the head coach of the Bears unless there is a coming-to-Jesus moment between Kevin Warren and Jim Harbaugh. Okay. That was the problem when Kevin Warren was in the Big Ten. Those two did not get along through the pandemic. Okay. And you can Google search that and find out what the real reason was for that. It's a little deep-seated, but it's not like those two can't do business. Jim Harbaugh knows offense. I want Jim Harbaugh to be the next coach of the Bears. I've said that many times. Yes. yes. Uh, I and and Jim is not going to coach college after this national championship game against Washington. It's just not happening. So my thought is not because he was a former bear and bring him back home, all that nonsense. I just think that it helps. you need, need an yeah, but you need an offensive mind, like somebody that understands, right? And and so my thought is is that Eva is returning if it's not gonna be Harbaugh. I believe that the Bears will fire Luke Etsy. Yes. Another offensive coordinator and then Justin Fields, I think it's 50-50 for him to return. The smart side of it says, from the money standpoint, I know people don't some people don't want to hear this, but would you rather reset the market and use the money that you'd spend on Justin Fields on whatever in free agency, offensive line, defensive line, whatever? Would you rather spend it on that or spend it on Fields and pay right. him $35 million or whatever and think, well, some at some point he'll get better. He'll be a better quarterback than the 40 starts we've seen him. So that's the big question. I think it's 50/50. I think that it's very difficult to pass on the number one pick again and not take a quarterback. You did the first time, fine. I wouldn't have him, Bryce Young either. Little guy, right? Absolutely not. Not because he sucks Carolina. It's because there's no infrastructure on Carolina, just like there's no infrastructure for the Bears for Bryce Young to do well. I didn't know right. we didn't know that um, that C.J. Stroud would be this good in Houston. Nobody knew that. But what I'm telling you, cuzzo is I think that it's 50-50 that feels stays. That's what I believe. And I think the other 50% is you take Caleb Williams and you re- reset the market. The question is, though, if you do that and you bring in Caleb Williams as your, as your number one quarterback and he starts right away, how much does that retard the progress of what the Bears want to do offensively? Because you're teaching a, a young man offense in the NFL. Your defense will be straight. Your offensive line will get better. You might have Marvin Harrison there. Who knows? Or a different wide receiver along with DJ Moore. But does that make you more than a seven-win team with Caleb Williams? I'm not so, sure it so, is. So I would, I would hope so.
1: Here's why: because even if Field stays, which I don't think he should, you still have to fire Gexy. So someone's going to be. Everyone's going to be learning a new offense, one way or another. So either yep. we're learning this offense together. Or, you know, uh, yeah, I guess we're learning together with with fields and without fields. So if we're we're all learning the same offense, I would prefer to have a coach who one had a say in the quarterback that was drafted, you know, who's going to tailor an offense to the quarterback that was drafted instead of just trying to fit a square peg in a round hole, as we've seen with fields over the the past couple years. So because Getch is going to be gone, I don't think it matters because there's going to be a new offense. You're not going to run the same offense back again because it's, you, tr- you try it, bring someone else in and install a new offense. To your point, I would prefer Harbaugh because I, I, and I say that because I say that as someone who's not a huge Harbaugh fan, I was a huge fan of his as a player, but as a coach, you know, I'm, I've, I've questioned some of his tactics and not because I think cheating is bad, you didn't win with cheating, so
0: you know, how <laughs> good cheater. was your cheating? Bad yeah. cheater. <laughs> yeah, like what are you doing? Do do better. Uh, but he he but was yeah. a, he helped with the RPOs. He made Kaepernick what he was. Yeah, and, and, and Alex Smith didn't look
1: bad with him either. So again, I, I don't have an issue with him as a coach, and I even think JJ uh, McCarthy is to me is is a sleeper in his draft because he's played meaningful football, you know. At least the past two years, really every season he's been there, he's played some in football, and now he's he led his team down the field against Alabama to to score the, the, the tie and touchdown, beat that ass in overtime, yeah. Um and if, and if they win today, you know, like that puts a cherry on top of the Sunday. Is he better than than Caleb Williams, the Drake Mays, or maybe even the Michael
0: my, Michael my, Michael Penis? That penis, <laughs> Bo Nix, you've been terrible. Don't don't be laughing at that, Cuzo. Don't be laughing at that. Thanks. <laughs> Get him out of there. So
1: is he better than them? I don't know. Um, I, I think he could be because I think he's playing. I think playing meaningful football matters because when you look at quarterbacks, the next level, you want to see somebody like a Joe Burrow who beat Fabio's ass in the national title national title game. You saw. Hey, you put Burrow in a meaningful game; he's going to rise to the occasion. You saw Fabio in a meaningful, in a meaningful game, and he wilted under the pressure. He pissed himself in that game.
0: You're talking, so, about, you're talking about Trevor Lawrence, by the way.
1: Same, same person. No, we just same want to, make sure to
0: clarify which one. Which one's Fabio? You're talking about Trevor Lawrence.
1: Go ahead. Same, but yeah. And then you, you see in the NFL. Like even yesterday, Jaguars chance, to, chance to go to playoffs. What happens? Down the stretch, Fabio pisses himself. Yes, you know, it's it's what happens. So I want someone who has played meaningful football, and seeing that, uh, Phoenix or Penis has played meaningful football, McCarthy oh. has played meaningful football. To me, that gives him an edge over the the crying Caleb or Drake from North Carolina. North Carolina never plays any f- football at all. So, you know, like, you don't know. He's looking at physical traits and hoping that when it matters, could this guy step up? I'm seeing the guys playing tonight. When it mattered, they stepped up. And they made plays. So, just an option.
0: Well, um, I, I kind of think that it's 50-50, like I mentioned, on Justin Fields, when it comes to Matty Iverflus, I mean, you know, I really believe that Jim Harbaugh will be in the in the conversation, but will he be hired by the Bears? I don't know. The, I don't know if that's the case. I know that there's a feeling from Kevin Warren that he likes the continuity and it's like bring everybody back for one more year. Uh, I heard the parallel of the St. Louis Rams and Dick Vermeel uh this morning, like which is I just throw completely out of hand. I think it was I think it was no, it was Kevin Warren said that you know, year three for the Rams that really got them where they need to be and be a Super Bowl contender and win the won the Super Bowl. That, let me tell you something. Uh, I know Matty Raffles; he's no Dick meal. Okay, I know. I, okay. I agree. And there, that is not the fastest show on turf, and they don't even have the weapons like that yet. They still have to build toward that.
1: Be, before we move on, and I just want to say one more thing before we move on. Yes. When it comes to matchmaking decisions on personnel or coaching, I want Ryan Pace to make those decisions. I mean, I'm not Ryan Pace. Fuck. Ryan Poles to make those decisions. Yes, I don't want anyone else making those decisions, but Ryan Poles. I don't want anyone else in the building other than Ryan Poles making those decisions. As when it comes to football guys, in that in Hallis Hall, he has he has he's been the only person who's shown to be competent when it comes to making football decisions. I don't want anyone else in that. I don't want Sweaty Teddy. I don't want Kevin Warren. I don't want the McCaskies. Let Ryan Poles make make those decisions. Let Kevin Warren handle the stadium stuff. Handle the stadium stuff, you know, kiss the babies, play the political part of your job because he's, he's done great with that. Be that guy. Be the face of the organization. You're doing well with that. Be the face of the organization. Don't start making personnel decisions. Let the guy who's has had success doing it, which is Ryan Poles, let him continue to make those decisions. Stay out of it. I mean, be a sounding board for him, but when it comes down to who, who has the final say in that? It, it should be Ryan Poles, period. It, w- it w- no and question. it will,
0: but it will be. However, Kevin Warren wants to know what's going on because he, because he's the president of the of the football team, right? I mean, that's that. But he, it will not be him overseeing Poles. From what I understand, it's Poles. Okay. But Warren wants to be in the room, not having more decision making, but just say, "Hey, man, what's so? What's going on? How can that's how can it. help?" do I need to talk to an agent for you you know whatever right he's just there saying i'm here as a sounding board if you need me and is this is this off season will tell a great story cuz oh well i'm telling you from the information that i'm getting and about what's going on with this bears team it's just a lot of different plates spinning like i mean here we just we lay it out all the time do you bring Justin Fields back do you draft a quarterback in the first round? Does the first do you trade Justin Fields and what do you get back for Justin Fields? What are you doing at wide receiver along with DJ Moore? What other weapons do you have offensively? How many offensive linemen are you going to get? You missed two in the game against uh the Packers. Whether they were there or not, the Bears are gonna lose that game. Um, unfortunately. Yeah. So, but you but you gotta upgrade your there should be a clown car of offensive linemen coming into Lake Forest now to try to get ready. Because like Feeney and like White Hair, they are, and and those guys, they have to go. You have to, let those yes. to get those guys fresh mm-hmm. meat. You still need a three technique. And you need to get better on that defensive line. You know, it's funny. Before we just turn the page, because we're gonna talk about Cat Williams here in a second um, about the defense. Got gashed a, a ton. Got gashed. Yeah. Uh, and again, the score was like, oh, it's only seventeen to nine. That did not tell the story of how many, no, how many throws and how often the Packers are able to run the football against this Bears defense, this vaunted Bears defense that played well against tomato cans and against some good teams where they had to make stops. But in, when it mattered, when it mattered again to knock the Packers out of the playoffs or to make you 8-9 or for you to have momentum going into the next season, they wilted. Yeah, no yep. Jalen Johnson. That's not the difference between winning and loss. It's not. You not getting to Jordan Love was a problem. And that same pass rush and that sack ability that you had in previous games was not there on Sunday.
1: Yep, because what they did, they double teamed uh, Sweat and said, all right, everyone else beat us, and no one else could. So they took Sweat out the game, and the rest of the team couldn't beat them at all.
0: Like One, and, more, one sack by Demarcus Walker, that was in the first half.
1: Yeah, so that is – they're definitely going to have to upgrade the defensive line. You need someone else. You need at least one more in who can get to the quarterback, and that will make a huge difference. I still haven't given up on Dexter. Not, not as much Pickens, but Dexter seemed to be uh, coming on strong towards the end of the season, so I liked what I saw from him. Yeah. Uh, but you, at, at worst, you need to add depth to the low, to defensive line because having one player that can second quarterback is – it's it's a lot different than having multiple players in a second quarterback because when you have multiple, they can't just double one because if they double one, you have others who can get off, you know, in, in whatever game. So you can't expect Sweat to beat two three defenders every single game, you know, and and a, and a chipping running back every game. You Can't.
0: You had 30 sacks and 22 interceptions as a as a unit, uh, which is an improvement from last year. Yeah, so I'll take it. Um, like you're set at linebacker, you're good there. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna pay jalen johnson i'd be surprised if they did not they're gonna find a way. i was told that jalen johnson more than likely will be paid uh and will be taken care of um eddie jackson on the other hand may not be with the football team next year that's good um, he wasn't he wasn't there this year either not, so he, so you know Ngakwe will not be here so again you need to be able to fill that bill at, at uh you know for Ngakwe. um and so you have some some pieces there, but you just gotta upgrade. That's Again, draft right. will tell a great story. How you try to build this football team, quote unquote, the right. Game. This season, though, man, we're gonna be doing a lot more shows about this Bears off season because there's gonna be some news coming out of there. Um, yeah,
1: I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm looking forward to next year. I think that's the the year we finally turn the corner. And we you can clearly see the the light at the end of the tunnel. I, I can see. if I'm looking hard enough. I can see. Something I mean, that looks like it's is is glittering. I'm not sure, but I think after this offseason, we'll know like, okay, yeah, we're, we're ready for prime time. And seeing that schedule next year, like just just seeing the teams want to play next year. I, I think we have a chance at uh the light at 10 plus wins.
0: That's what it is. You see the light. That's yes. what you, yes that's, 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 what it, that's the light. That that's what just, it is. Yes. That's that's, that's what it is. It's still it's still I mean, it's it's not the bears, it's just light. You, oh. you, that's all. That's all you see at the end of the tunnel. That's that, all. That's it. Yeah. I mean, there, there's nothing else there. Just light. You see it at the end of the tunnel, but still, you know, bears uh, don't do the right thing at quarterback. That light gonna be dim. Could be a could be a train. <laughs> that's all you see right there. That's for sure. Okay, so you see, we go from Justin Fields, and we go to uh, Cat Williams. I know. Yes. That's, but we go to Cat Williams and Club Shay Shay. So let's. If you haven't seen this story, I don't know how you could have missed it. It's been all over the place, all over your social media. Comedian, and I get this from AnScape, AnScape.com. Comedian Cat Williams showed up on former NFL star Shannon Sharpe's Club Shay Shay podcast and spent almost three hours airing out his grievances about everyone from Steve Harvey and entertainer to nearly every comedian whom he felt disrespected him. Soon after the podcast release, Clips of sharp and Williams' conversation went viral, and it felt less of an interview and more of an impromptu stand-up special. This uh, podcast has got over 15 million views over a day. Coincidentally, um, came out the same week, the Netflix special of Dave Chappelle. Interesting. That's at, yeah. the same week that that came out. Um, so... We heard from Cat Williams saying that uh, Central the entertainer was stealing his jokes and that um, he clowned Steve Harvey for supposedly wearing a hairpiece in 1990s and that Steve Harvey stole from Mark Curry's hanging with Mr. Cooper. Now, again, I had to look it up now, cuz uh, so it was uh, it was Mark Curry hanging with Mr. Cooper before Steve Harvey's show, correct? Yes, yes, well, and that so that is the equivalent of uh. A living single coming up, and then all of a sudden here, friends. Comes, here comes friends, right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, like, wait a minute, here's a concept of you know, singles living together in New York, uh, you know, in the same complex. Wait a minute, friends comes out. The white yes. version of the white version of Living Single. What happened there? So, same thing. So, let me just give you my thoughts and then I, I want to get yours. So, I I watched the entire thing. Uh Shannon Sharp, let me just say. First of all, that man knows how to market. You love a guy, and I I love a guy that left Skip Bayless at Fox and goes over to ESPN, but yet working with Colin Coward on the volume, who is a Fox employee. So he has the volume, and he also has his own podcast, and he does work for ESPN. That's what I call. Uh, I admire the multiple revenue streams. The hustle is real with Shannon Sharp. I love it. I so love great, it. For, great for him, man. So he has his Club Shay Shay podcast, an unusual name, uh, because if you don't know Shay Shay, you would think there'd be some uh, some ratchet person from 35th and Cottage, uh, but it's not. It's Shannon Sharp, uh, and so he has this podcast. And I watched the whole thing because, and I was just like. You know, Cat Williams is going to go off. You know, he's going to say some stuff. But I didn't know it cut so deep. I don't know what's true. I don't know what's not. I just know it's entertaining. And it comes across sour in which he's just going over everybody from Ricky Smiley uh, to um, to he didn't ever touch Dave Chappelle. Didn't go after yeah. him. But he went after what is considered the Black Rat Pack in some yep. way. Right of going after Steve Harvey, said to be entertainer didn't go after DL Hughley. I guess he's smarter but, than that. He ain't gonna go after DL because DL also he likes him. he ain't gonna do yeah. that. Um, but I want to get your thoughts on what you saw there. Faison Love also took a stray uh, and others. I thought that it was entertaining, and I guess if you feel like you can still get gigs and not get canceled, if that's if you want to talk your talk, go right ahead. He doesn't care about friends. He cares about business, clearly.
1: Yes. So what I, what I saw, Cuzzo, I saw a machiavellian like marketing strategy strategy just play out perfectly. But for starters, Uncle Shannon, we need some Uncle Shannon yak because that Uncle Shannon yak seems to do great work because you had... Uh, Williams is as, as comfortable as he could possibly be, so you know, comfort is always a great thing. So, yeah. I, I think I'm going to invest in some Uncle Chad and Yak because uh-huh. you know, it, it does, you know, it seems to do a great job of making people comfortable in your environment. So, our, that's our just
0: family and brown liquor that never happens,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> uh huh,
0: go right ahead, sir. But...
1: What I saw was, was brilliance by Cat Williams because when he was done, he had every comedian, even Joe Rogan, because he, he touched on Joe Rogan, and Joe Rogan was done. I was like, Hey, I want you on my podcast. But prior to him going on the podcast, he didn't want him on there. So he touched on all of those guys, and even to the in the end, you had Mike Epps trying to trying to join join into the uh, discussion because they realized how Brogan was marketing-wise. So Cat Williams is going to get ready to go on, on, on the road right now to start his uh his, I guess his comedy tour. He's going to shoot a Netflix special. He's going to make a shit ton of money just from that interview as well as Uncle Chad is going to make a shit ton of money because last I saw, that interview was over 30 million views. So that's a lot of fucking hits. You know, which is a lot of fucking revenue for Shannon Sharp when it when it's done. So I thought it was brilliant. But I thought it was lost in in what seemed like uh the area of grievances was that here's a guy who's a great fucking man. Like here like a really solid dude, homeless at 13 years old, hitchhiked to Miami, hitchhiked from Miami to to Oklahoma, where while he's in Oklahoma, he had Women of the Night taking care of him. They raised him, essentially. He leaves there, does does what was a stand-up comedy, and he's helped countless, not only comedians, countless celebrities who were struggling. He goes, he go, quietly, he goes, an envelope of money. You had Boosie crying about him Giving him an envelope of fifteen thousand dollars when he got out of prison. You had uh, what's my Chicago guy from the Old Spice commercial? Chicago
0: yeah. guy, oh, yeah. Oh.
1: yeah, talking about him when he was when he was broke, finishing his stand-up show, and having one of Kent Williams' assistants come up to him and hand him an envelope of money with a thousand dollars in it. And he said meant a lot to him because he didn't have any fucking money. So yeah. you're having all these people come out talking about the great work that Cat Williams did, he adopted seven kids. Hood. people don't want to raise their own kids, let alone adopting seven more. He adopted yeah. seven kids and raised all seven of those kids in addition to his, his own kid. So this isn't a man who, you know, outside of comedy is just an evil person. He's a, a great dude, you know, and He's worked his ass off to go from homeless at 13 to a multi millionaire. So, Kevin Williams as a man, I have no issue with. Cat Williams, Cat Williams as a comedian, I think, is one of the, the top five best comedians of this generation. To me, hands down, regardless of whatever money he's made off of it, doesn't matter. When you look at pure talent, there's no one, there's few come close to him when it comes to. To just pure talent as a comedian. So
0: like, I love the guy. That's fine, but you can't say at 52 years of age that you could run a, a 40140. Now, that's, no. that's, that's a yak talking. I mean, that, the, that's, that's that. That's a
1: yak right there. Yeah,
0: that's what that said, was right he, there. Yeah. He also said he read 3,000 books a year from the ages 8 to 12.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: you know what happens. You know what happens
1: to it? When you tell a story, the older you get that story, you embellish it more and more the older you get. Yes. So it's, you may have, he may have read 500 books, 200 books, whatever it is, it was a, still a lot of books. But over time, 200 goes to, well, I read 1,000. And then 10 years passes, that 1,000 goes to, so read I read, <laughs> read 2,000. Another five, 10 years passes, well, you know yeah. it, it's 3,000. So he read a lot of books. He was a, a kid who got into some advanced school, in his community because of his uh his intellect and it wasn't because of something he got from his his home it was just something his own curiosity led him to you know discovering different things and that curiosity led him to you know after fighting fight with his father led him to hitchhiking to Miami is thir- 13 is 13 years old imagine yourself 13 years old getting a ride on a a Mack truck by a, a stranger to
0: Miami. Yeah. I and couldn't one, go, I couldn't come from the crib to the Regal theater by myself at that age. Right. Without yeah. And,
1: and one, like <laughs> just being comfortable enough to even do that and then get yeah. to Miami. What the hell do you do? Yeah. How do you even know what to do? You, right. You got a, a little dog and probably a, a little bag you got in your hand. What do you, where do you go? So but, yeah. Survive but, that, yeah.
0: That's fine, but you, you I'm just I'm just saying, you just can't sit there and be like, I read three thousand books between the ages of eight and twelve. you can't you can't do that, man. That's just ridiculous. yeah. And even even you
1: talking about how he beat his son in basketball, the the numbers didn't add up. Well, um, we we played one hundred six games. I'm ninety four and five. Um, eighty four 106 games. Uh, I don't, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's,
0: yo. Let me yeah. see. Yeah, yes,
1: that ain't hundred and six. No, a little it's
0: short, it, a little but, short. So. Here's the, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, and we're gonna play some of what Cat Williams had to say, uh, to uh Shannon Sharp. See, some of this is satire, and some of it is just him just riffing and giving his thoughts on comedians stealing from him and all that Uh, Shannon sharp has a sense of humor, but he was so firmly entrenched in the interview. He didn't know when to laugh because he wasn't sure what what was not. And that's the problem, right? He's not the best interviewer yet, but again, he's just trying to get better with it because he has his own platform. He, you know, he's got these cards in his hand, just like, he's just like, okay, so it says here, like, you know, he's going through and he's got these little cards and it's just kind of like, okay, he's get, trying to get better as an interviewer. But he was so thrown off guard, he put the cards down at one point and just started drinking because he didn't know what yeah. to do. Because there was so much information coming so fast that a normal interviewer, even me, would have been able to follow up on some stuff, interrupt him, uh, you know, get the sound bite, but also interrupt him and follow up on some stuff. So and Shay, Shay Shay couldn't do that. Um, so that thought is interesting. So That's the the, huh? it was the yak. You saw them, like, they kept drinking because I just think that Shannon was like, oh, I got me a gold mine here. Yes. (laughs) All right, because I'm going to play an excerpt of this. Um, I still haven't learned how to put this on the on the streamyard yet, but I, at least I'll put it up here. The
2: same Steve that went to go watch Mark Curry do his whole sitcom and then stole everything Mark Curry had, now Steve got a sitcom where he the principal and he wear a suit and he and then he gets this high top fade, making all black men think he got the best lineup in the business, and it's a man unit. Then you ask, why you not a movie star? I didn't want to be a movie star. This the same Negro that hated on Bernie with this same thing. I didn't want to be a movie star. No, you couldn't be a movie star. There are 30,000 new scripts in Hollywood every year. Not one of them asks for a country bumpkin' black dude that can't talk good overcame it and look like Mr. Potato Head. There ain't none. You would have to have range. I played a lot of characters, sixty movie roles. I'm not playing Cat Williams in there.
0: I don't know. I don't know Cat. We might not let you drink anymore. The way you, you. I mean, we ain't even got. <laughs>
2: I've had a sip. Less than you. This is like Steve Harvey telling people he used to be homeless. That's my story. That's not his story. Steve Harvey was never homeless. But he, Mark Curry was touring with him 25 years ago. He was making three thousand dollars a show in cash and doing five shows a week. This, they just tell the stories. This my thanks to my wife. I'm where I am. You said that about the first wife. You said <laughs> <forget that? laughs> told us <laughs> it was her. Then you went else that think like a man like what are you okay. talking about they just they think they can rewrite history the, uh, uh, guy tory did a beautiful special about comedy store fat tuesday where he said that steve and cedric and kevin hart and tiffany haddish came through there and made all lies. Steven Cedric never performed at the comedy store at all. Tiffany was only seen at the laugh factory. In 15 years in Hollywood, no one in Hollywood has a memory of going to a Kevin Hart show. They pay you to not talk about things they don't want you to talk about they tell you that themselves well, I can't do that because I uh, Steve told you that he stopped doing stand up because he has seven TV shows the only problem is when he stopped stand up he didn't have those seven TV shows he stopped stand up because he got in a comedy battle called the championship of stand up comedy with one Cat Williams in Detroit in front of 10,000 people and lost because Cat Williams said he was actually bald and that was a wig and I went in and that's why he couldn't do stand up anymore. Imagine him coming to tell you another story where he got so big and it was Bernie and them's fault because they wanted to be movie stars. What? You called Ocean Eleven to get that niggas part. What do you mean you didn't want to be a movie star. So on behalf of Bernie i, I will have to say what i have to say have you, have, ever been on have you ever been on tour with any of these guys the guy, I, every guy i mentioned to you is not funny out there in real life we hmm. don't know wow Phazeon's never done his
0: own mind about Phazeon. let's not talk about him so Cuzo. hey so that's <clears> just a <throat> part of uh club shay shay uh and again it's it lasts a long time. There's a lot of stuff that was said there, but I mean, it worked. Yes, but let me just tell you the the part that I want to talk to you about, and that is stealing jokes. And there's a lot of examples out there. But I tell you what, the internet's undefeated. You talk about being able to find the receipts, the joke that um, Cat Williams did at uh, on BT Comic View about having a big car and being able to, to steer that big car. Stolen by Cedric in The Entertainer. He remixed it on the uh, Kings of Comedy. You're familiar with that joke, right? He turned it into I am. a But he was, but Cat Williams did that joke originally. I remember BET Comic View. Oh, back in the day, black comedy on TV every weekend, every Friday, Comic View. It was so great during that time, if you're not of age. But Cat did that joke first. And yeah. then Cedric remixed it and made millions from it because he was on King of Comedy. You saw this, right? I, I did see it, and I, I also well, I saw that I saw
1: the clip, and I've learned that stealing jokes is something that it looks like maybe not Cat Williams, but all comedians are doing. Like even the Kings of Comedy. Speaking of that, the the joke that Bernie Mac did of ah uh, ah uh, he was yeah. teasing me. He stole that from a kid. I mean, almost verbatim from showtime at the apollo so someone uh, speaking of your receipt someone posted the clip when i say he may have changed like 10 words and his his lead up his histrionics leading up to you know the the punchline was obviously a lot better because he's he's a more skilled comedian but the entire the entire joke was stolen from a kid from showtime at the apollo so Mm -hmm. when when you're talking about stealing jokes it seems like if you're a big comedian, you go to some small place or, you, or someone brings you some joke from some small place and you work it into your routine and you hope to get away with it. Kent blew up. So unlike that kid from Showtime with the Apollo that didn't blow up, Kent blew up and was like, hey, that was my joke. You know, you just made my car a spaceship. So yes. yeah, it was a stolen joke. But what he pointed out that still had me, they had me laughing was the thing that I think we all thought as, as, as a black community, we thought we were like, who the fuck cuts Steve Harvey's hair? Like, <laughs> there's never, there's never one strand of hair out of place. You know, he has the perfect lining. Every time you see him, who, who the fuck cuts his hair? How much, how much does he pay for it? And obviously, you get older, you realize. It wasn't his hair. He had us going around going crazy, like Ken Williams said. It was like we are looking around like, "I want a Steve Harvey lining.
0: Give me one of those." Yes, yeah. you want to? Yeah. <laughs> you want? <laughs> so yes. at the band kid, that was never his hair. That was never his hair. Not a strand of hair out of place ever. <laughs> You're like, how is he that had,
2: even possible?
0: People going around thinking he had the best lineup in the business. <laughs> that's what clearly, he that's clearly what he did didn't. Stolen. stolen. I listen for someone whose lines get stolen on a more, uh, uh, you know, on a daily basis on my own radio show. You're familiar with it. Your partner steals your lines. I, I would know exactly what that is. Um, I know what that's like. Um, and, and so, you know, there's no way around it. You could be at a small place in, uh, uh in Alsip, right? All jokes, you know, yeah. a, a place in Alsip, or you could be someplace in Bronzeville and see somebody on a small stage, workout material. And all of a yep. sudden, through the back door, here comes like a you know a six-figure comedian that just happens to say, hey man, can I get 10 minutes? I need 15 minutes. And of course, you're gonna move heaven and earth for that person to be on your stage. But that person could be in the back, by the bar, watching a routine and be like, you know what? I'll use that, I'll take that, yep. and it blows up. and But here's the thing though, here's the platform. Cat Williams is right there, and he was an uh, already established comedian, and that comedian is 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 having his material stolen by Steve Harvey and by Cirque the Entertainer. There's a lot of other examples of it, but i have just the idea that Steve Harvey he does uh, uh, the same joke. Oh, the joke about gas. Did you see that? Like, Cat I saw Will, it. Yeah. He had the first joke about how you know when you had twenty dollars, you could fill up your gas tank and you didn't give a fuck about anything. You just walked away. Like, here's twenty dollars. I walk away, and everything's good now you know, you try to pump your gas and now you're watching very closely. Hold that pump to make sure that you got just enough to to make rent or whatever so you don't go exceed yeah. the amount that you have. Steve Harvey did that joke. Did it verbatim? Did it yeah. Forb- yeah, he did. Yep. Yep. It, and, and, that, and I think
1: what Steve Harvey did was more egregious than what Said Entertainer did because said stole a joke from a guy who at that point you think he may not even make it to be famous. He's on this show. You know, he, he may not go anywhere. Kent was already, like you said, a big time comedian. And Steve Harvey was like, well, I'm a bigger comedian than him because I've been around for longer. So I'll take this joke, you know, on my last tour and use it like it's mine, even though it isn't. So yeah, I think it's foul. I, I think being original. It's better. And I think that's one of the beefs that uh, Cat Williams has his beyond you know his Machiavellian uh, marketing strategy <laughs> was that I'm working my ass off. I'm creating new material. I'm doing things the quote unquote right way. And you're taking shortcuts. And not only are you taking shortcuts, people are paying you for your shortcuts. So he's pissed. He's like, you know, what happened to working hard, doing things the right way, being rewarded? When it looks like if I took a shortcut or you know exposed my booty hole, um I may have a better chance of getting ahead.
0: Huh? You know? Did you say what what hole?
1: What was that? You know the um that uh huh that that little thing you know that you know uh, huh? the feces come out of
0: that okay. thing you know. <laughs> Never mind. I, Here's the never mind we'll crop you out and we we'll go right back to me because let's let's go to that <laughs> joke we just talked about because uh, as, as you talk about booty holes let's go back to here's uh, obviously Cat williams uh can tell this joke better than i can the gas prices joke where did this yes. come from it came from Cat williams listen it is entirely
2: too that's all i'm saying you are not supposed to be at the gas station making life decisions you just at the pump just leave her did i eat today no half a tank. I got six cigarettes. I can't even do it. Used to be if you had $10, $15, you could go to the gas station with confidence because you knew you was either going to be full or damn near full. If you had a 20, you didn't even talk to the person at the counter. You just 20 on the left, bitch. (laughs) Used to be Fifteen dollars in your tank, you had time to bond with your vehicle. You had time to put the nozzle in and set the clicker and look through your car and <laughs> lean off the dashboard and look through your CDs and run in the store and get some Pringles and a snapper and then a CLV pump. Now, if you put fifteen dollars in, you can't even turn around good for that summer, bitch, click. As soon as you put it in, just click, click. Gas four dollars a gallon. Can't even pump gas like you used to know. Four dollars a gallon. You remember when you used to go to pump? And put your nozzle in there and head. Be sitting there talking. Be on your phone. Hey, what's happening? Be walking around, cleaning the windshield. Speaking of girl, girl, what's happening? What you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, stolen. That's remixed, yes. remixed, but completely stolen. And by the way, yes, Kent Williams did it better. He did. He did. And that's what made it worse too,
1: because at least Cedric the Entertainer made the the original joke better. Yes, like the lead up, you know, and 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 then the punchline at the end. It was better than what Cat Williams did. It was this, a joke. This,
0: this, that Steve Harvey did.
1: No, no, what said when said stole the joke, he made it better. Oh, yes, when yes, Steve stole the joke, he made it worse. You yeah. should that shouldn't even be possible. Yes. If you're gonna remix something, you should be able to, to tweak it to make it better. He tweaked it, it made it worse, you know. So ah, 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 I have less ah, respect for him because at least Sedg, the entertainer, made his joke better. It was a better joke when he remixed it. Steve Harvey, it was worse, it was worse. And well, like I said, what was more egregious by that was the fact that Kent was already established by that time. So you stole a joke from an established comedian during an era where everything is recorded. So it wasn't like you there wasn't going, was going to be footage of him telling the joke. Yeah, It was clearly footage of him telling the joke. You stole the joke that everyone would want to know you stole. That tells me at, at the end Steve had nothing left. So, when he says he retired because of the TV shows, you retired because you had no new material. You couldn't create new material, so you let it go. You got a guy like Kat, who's still, you know, 20 plus years into his career, he's still able to create at a high level, like the Dave Chappelle's of the world. All those other great comedians can still create later in life. Even Mark, even I said, I said, Marvin, Martin is still creating material 30 plus years into a career that's called talent when you run out of material or you having writers write your material you know it's it's
0: business it's not the same all right rocky it's your turn rocky yo yo rocky sit 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 sit, sit. right okay Rocky, who's going to win the national championship? I think, I think Rocky's a Michigan fan. Yeah. Wolverine. said, Blue machine. Blue machine. Blue machine. Wolverine. Yeah. And so don't worry about it, Rocky. Jim Harbaugh will be the head uh, head coach in the NFL. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. It has been a long, long time for Michigan, but they're going to find a way to win this game. I think. Could you imagine I stopped? We stopped this podcast and Washington wins after I said that. (laughs) <laughs> oh, well, I think Michigan will have a hard time losing
1: right now based on what I'm looking at right now. But well, anything can happen. Anything can happen.
0: All right, Tozo, we'll talk next week. We'll find out what's happening in the NFL playoffs and uh, to have some uh, Bulls and NBA to talk about. So it's uh, always, always a pleasure. And so for Rock, would you stop having the dog <laughs> bite you, for goodness sake. Uh, it's just, I just want everybody just to just to see this. I mean, just. That's
1: <laughs> it. <laughs> All right, sit, 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 sit. Nope, no, no sit, 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 no, sit, sit. There you go. Sit. There you go. Good job. Good job. No, sit. Rocky. Nope. No hands. No hands.